Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Welcome back to another Profit Report. This time we are covering October 2019. Woohoo! I get really pumped up about these reports. I don't know. It just like gives me all the feels. And it's truly not from a place of, I want to talk about my business necessarily. I'm trying to arm you guys with information that's going to help you see like the natural ups and downs that other businesses have, but also gear you up with information for, for what things could be like as you continue to grow and what you maybe need to look out for or what you need to be paying attention to. And we're going to talk a little bit about our streams of income. I wish I could remember what it was, but there was something that was said recently that made me think I needed to clarify something on this next report. And it just, it escapes me now. So Emily, if you have any random questions that you feel like our community has been asking, feel free to interrupt me. Sure. I will remind people if you're new listening, or if this is your first profit report that you are listening to, we started these in August, Hmm. right? I think so. Um, and I think in that first one, we break down a lot more of kind of the reason why we're sharing it, the reason why we're talking about profit and percentages instead of actual numbers and dollars. Uh, the long and short of it is, I think there's a lot of comparisonitis out there. And for new businesses, especially, it's really hard to look at a business who's been in business for four years, but ran by two people who've been in business for like five, seven years and think that you should be making the same type of decisions or you should be seeing the same kind of results or numbers, et cetera. And so we're kind of mixing it up a bit and sharing percentages along with our goal of 30% profit month over month, at least by the end of this year, but as something that we would love to continue to maintain. This is us kind of lifting the curtain behind what results do we get what things happened to make that happen. And it's helping us, I think, also do a really good reflection because we kind of got sidetracked on that, I think, for the first part of this year. 
of doing not a great job on our end of really looking back and, okay, what did just happen and what worked and what could be performed better? And so you guys are a good excuse for us to do that. Absolutely. Now I, it did, it came rushing back to me like a train through the station. I wanted to clarify before we jump in, what does profit mean to us and how am I actually looking at that? I've talked about how to calculate profit in the past, but someone came on the podcast recently and was like, okay, I feel a little dumb here for asking, but why do you want to increase profit? I just want to make more money. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. That was Claire, which it was an amazing episode. So you guys should definitely listen to that one too. But yeah, she brought up a good point about does profit include what you're paying yourself or not? Right. And so I wanted to let you know that when we share what our profit percent is at, that is after it's all our income minus all of our expenses, including payroll for ourselves. Distributions, because of the way our company is set up as an S-corp, are after that. So the profit is essentially what we have left to reinvest and what we could potentially, if we decide to draw down on from a distribution. So when we say we're increasing profit, it gives us the opportunity to not only grow our company, but it does allow us to get paid more. But because of how we're set up legally, about half, sometimes a little less than half of our personal income is through a paycheck. And we receive those every month and those are steady. And then the distributions vary based on performance of the company. And so some months we may have less and some months we may have a lot more depending on what's going on. But us increasing profit just allows us to have a more stable business and allows us to continue to increase what we take home if that's what we want to do. It could also open the doors for us to hire new people or invest in a new system or start a new project. But profit is a healthy sign of a healthy business. And it could mean that we get to increase our salary. So we have had conversations with our CPA. So you definitely want to have one of yours if this is a similar situation that you're in, where you can't take a salary of a dollar, right? And then take a shit ton of money on distribution. Those two things are taxed differently. You're taxed less for your distribution than you are your salary. We have worked with our CPA to create a healthy salary of the size of our company, of what we make, of what we've seen, and that can fluctuate. If we then make a ton more and increase our distributions a lot, we might have to go back and say, okay, we need to also increase our salary. So the thing that's stagnant every single month is increased by $500 or $1,000 or whatever, right? And then those distributions can also increase. But you have to kind of look at both of those and increase some as you do. Absolutely. So... When we get to the end and we share what our profit was for the month, which by the way, it was legit. Yeah. You'll understand a little bit more about where that's coming from. So what happened this month? What were we selling? What was going out into the world? I'm not surprised with how this all lined up. Are you surprised with anything? No, 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 no. I'll be very interested to see. I think what I like doing is comparing summit months. So I know one of the things we're going to talk about and one of the percentages of our profits is from our summit. And we start uh, ticket sales for our summit a month before it starts. And so we will always have ticket sales in one month and ticket sales in the other month with the summit ending in the second month. And so I do like comparing those two things, which of course we will do on our next profit report. I'm interested to see how that percentage changes. Yeah. So 
like she mentioned, in October, we launched and started selling our Boss Project Summit. And this one was definitely our holiday focus. It was the end of year wrap up. It was going into 2020 strong. But our summit sales only made up 10% of our total revenue from the month, even though publicly, it was the only thing we were promoting publicly. And when I say that, I mean, outside of what ads is doing. I mean, what we're doing organically, how we're showing up on social, what is going on behind the scenes with funnels and emails and ads, I kind of consider that separate. So what's going on visually and what you might have seen or noticed was really only 10% of what was going on, which Mm -hmm. honestly, I think is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Because how many times do you look over in the corner and you look at what someone else is doing? And you're like, gosh, they're doing this. They or they might be really like chill and quiet. And you just like literally have no idea what's going on behind the hood. I think it's funny. Do you do you have I'm sure you know, but when we have summits in the past, is the percent, is it going to be higher for November or lower? I mean, it really depends. I would say for this particular launch, the percent will be higher in November than it was in October. It kind of depends on how the month falls. Because it's a month promotion, if it's two weeks in one month or three weeks in one month, it makes a big difference. When we launched in August, our last summit, we really only had like a week and some change in July. And so this month reflects similarly to what was going on in July in terms of promotion calendar. But we were significantly more profitable this month than we were in July because of the other things that were going on. Like it was more of a well-oiled machine. So, and that's a great sign because Trello continues to be a huge opportunity for us to increase leads without having to pay for them. I'm like such a huge advocate of like, how can you grow your list in a way that you are showing insane amounts of value and increasing trust so that when you go on to sell something else, they're just like, duh, absolutely. I'm in. Like, I'm ready. I'm so excited. And Trello has been like the thing <laughs> that has unlocked a lot for us. Our favorite kid for years. For sure. So last month, Trello brought in about 25% of our total income. This month, because our income was up, the amount in cash was about the same but the percentage was lower. So it's 20% total for Trello sales in the month of October. Yeah, I was wondering if cash was the same or... It's similar. It's not exact. And it just really depends because, you know, ads ads deliver based on competition. And so I don't know, there's just like the holiday stuff is happening earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier. And so like we were seeing in terms of ad competition, we were seeing like holiday based sales, like as early as August. And so October, we're already starting to feel it. The costs tend to rise as there is more competition because you have to pay more to get in front of the right people. Um, But it still has really maintained a break even point. But the The thing that has been interesting as we've perfected the back end of our Strategy Academy funnel is that Trello has been an incredible primer, I guess, for getting people into the SA funnel. 
And so even though we're right around break even, or we may make a couple dollars a lead, even though it's a $29 product, we're having people sometimes within 30 minutes or an hour go from spending $29 to spending $2,000 on our signature program. Yeah. Which continues to be one of the most bananas things that happens in our business. Oh, for sure. I wish I could explain it because I don't think in any scenario I could attempt to recreate what Trello has done. Like I couldn't come out with a new $29 product and have it work the same way. I used to think there might be some like magic around the cost and like the topic. And while I do think there's some things that could be replicated, there is just something about that program that has a life of its own that we have given the community and like the community supports it as much as we do. So that's been kind of weird. It's definitely, I've said it before, but it has the cult-like following Mm -hmm. that you can't plan for. And we didn't when we made that, like we knew it would be amazing and valuable and great. But I think like as quickly as it got picked up on as being like a crowd favorite in this industry was very delightful and surprising to us. Totally. So what are our two biggest game changers? Participants. Well, (laughs) so I think the part of our business that maybe goes under the radar for most people is our sponsorships. So, I mean, you guys hear them like they're on this podcast. You've heard from some of our sponsors before. When you go and you sign up for our summit, you see that it's sponsored by Dubsado and Me Edgar and like all of these other incredible sponsors, Tailwind, blah, blah, blah. Like I could go on and on. And all of that has been amazing. But what I didn't realize is the power that it could have to partner with such key players in our industry to just continue the momentum. So we could focus on delivering high value rather than trying to sell, 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 sell. Because I think there's a trade-off. Like we could have way less free content. We could have no summit. We could have no podcast. And the way to interact with, uh, with us would be through a paid product. Or we can partner with sponsors who want to get in front of your eyeballs and who want to have you understand what they can do for you and your business. And that allows us the freedom and flexibility to put out a regular podcast, to show up with these big online events. And so our summit sponsorship for October actually brought in 33% of our revenue. And if you were to look at the whole year, on average, if you include all summit sponsors, all podcast sponsors, and all affiliate-based income, so things that are not ours, but things we are promoting for other people, we're sitting at somewhere between 20 and 25% of our whole business is made up of these other companies supporting us and what we're doing. A quarter of our business, guys, that's bananas to me. Oh, well, and to think it didn't really exist before. No, no. I think our affiliate income went from five to 10% and like really jumped up. But I say that if you went back like a couple of years, the year of Facebook, everything, basically, (laughs) the year we were really in the corner with our friend Courtney Foster Donahue and backing her program. 
we also saw a huge percentage of our income come from her product and y'all loved it. So I think we kind of like slowed down on that for a while. I think the difference is then it was like we were we were still selling. It wasn't like us putting out the free value content. It was us doing a live launch, us promoting another product, us like getting you in someone else's course. It's not like we've stopped that altogether, but we've definitely slowed down on affiliate partnerships that require us like super pushing whatever it is they're offering. And instead we've done a lot more free trials, a lot more like get access to this thing, give it a shot, see if it makes sense for your business, like a very no pressure situation. And I feel like that has felt a little more in line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we've only done one affiliate webinar this year and it was with ConvertKit. Two. Two. ConvertKit and Haley. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the takeaway for you guys, and I know, and I say I know, and I was confident until I really thought about it. I'm pretty sure we did an episode many, many moons ago where we talked about how to get stuff in your business for free. And if we didn't, then I'm thinking of what we teach inside of our programs. But we, from day one, whenever we would be looking at investing in a software, usually softwares for work, right? An email service provider, lead pages, anything really. We would look to see if they had a good affiliate program. And we would basically set up a blog post or traffic or whatever to send people to it. I remember it working really well with Later for so long. For I mean, it still works. Where we wrote like a blog post about Later and we knew if people were to sign up for that, we would get more posts on Instagram to schedule. We got systems for free or like we're able to use other benefits of those systems or higher like tiers of those systems for free just by sharing it. And so I think that that's a really easy hack for people, even if you don't have a big audience. Like we started that when, you know, we were just still blogging and trying to figure out life, right? But you can do it with so many different programs. And even if you scrape by enough to pay for your monthly expense for that, like great. It's free now. Yeah. Our next and our largest income category for the month of October. I'm so happy to see this baby coming through as our largest month after month. Now that we finally got our shit together. <laughs> it only took us two years. Not that it took us two years or anything. I truly, I'm so proud of it. I'm happy to see it in its spot. Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So if you couldn't guess, that means our signature program is up and bringing in the majority at 41% of our total income. That's just up a little over 1% over last month. I think that will continue to rise. And so I want to take a moment and talk about the potential power of payment plans. I know we've talked about it before, but I just have to talk about it again. It is a... Before Abby tells you this, I just want to tell you guys a funny story. Last month, we got together and did like our year-end planning, like our first kind of session of it. And we're looking into the new year and blah, blah, blah. And every time we do that, we pull out all of our old sheets from 2016, 17, 18 for this year, et cetera. And look at those first and really like, what did we want to do? What did we say? How did we feel? What were our thoughts? Where were our heads? So maybe we like don't repeat the same mistakes or like kind of see trends happening. And so one of the things that I saw, and I think it was from last year, so not even planning for 2019, I think it was for planning for 2018. And it said something like, at this moment, we currently like payment plans. And I know there's a note in there from some other year, some other month that says fuck payment plans or something like that. So I love that we've gone like back and forth on this so much, but this is where we are now. Well, I think it's important to know a couple of pro cons about it. So 
pro of getting paid all at once is way less likely you get all of it. You get that money, you can use it how you want. It's obviously way less likely to fail because there's not other payments that will be run later. They already paid you. But there is a threshold where you might deter people with the total cost where you could make it doable with a payment plan. And it definitely requires different strategies in selling and marketing and pitching and all of that. Not that they're not doable. A little bit more grunt work in your brain. Mm-hmm. Now, while I could definitely, if I wanted to, convince you that payment plans is the only way to go, I will tell you that there are still cons, okay? So yeah. payments can fail, whether that means a credit card goes under like a fraud risk and they mail out a new card and people don't update their information anywhere because why would you? Because you don't remember half the places you have your card listed. Yeah. It could be that, you know, they move and their address changes. I mean, there's all these reasons why a card might fail. But then on top of that, it's also a long time to keep someone engaged, happy, satisfied, seeing value, wanting to participate. People will naturally lose interest over time. When you have more skin in the game, you're more likely to implement. So while payment plans can be an excellent way to get people in, you may notice that your participation is lower from people on payment plans because they just don't feel the sense of urgency to participate as much. Basically, you have to kind of pick your poison when it comes to strategy, right? What we just talked about. Maybe a little bit more, I don't even want to say difficult because it's not, but it's just a different ball game when you're selling a higher price item and it's all in one full payment than it is to break those payments up into tiny chunks and get people in for a much lower buy-in. That, that's just a different strategy. You either work harder on the front end to get them to say yes, or you work harder on the back end when they're going to try to cancel three to four months in and you need to like keep them engaged. It's, it's the same type of work, it's just different strategies, right? Where I'm at, And I think we've talked about this before. I am understanding that it's a different type of hard or a different type of strategy if we pick payment plans over convincing people to pay in full. It's worth it to me because of how it makes me feel about my business's finances when we have payment plans. Well, and the one other con that we didn't even talk about because I feel like although Emily gets this, she's not in the day-to-day of this. So I think she forgets slash wants to forget because it's not necessarily fun. (laughs) But when you're using advertising as a form of getting people in your paid program and you have payment plans as your perhaps primary way of getting people in, like you emphasize that in your pitch, however you're pitching, you may have times in your business where you are losing money up front intentionally to get the sale long term and that is a cash flow potential nightmare if you're not careful mm-hmm. we've been on the the wrong end of this situation several times in our business just trying to navigate of okay this is how much we can afford to do that versus it's really important that we make profit every single time on the first transaction. And that's a it's a delicate balance. It really depends on how much cash you have, how much cash you can burn and how quickly you can get caught up. Like is it a 30-day loss leader 
you're going to double your money after 30 days and then it will continue to compound after that? Or is it that it's going to take three to six months to earn back that amount? You're going to have to continue paying at a loss until enough of those compound to make up the difference. This is the mistake we made and didn't realize it when we first tried to scale our funnel. We still had payment plans. It wasn't the thing that we were like highlighting and saying, yeah, 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 get in for this payment plan. But we knew payment plans would compound, but I don't think we realized how much we needed to compound until we were truly ready to scale our ad spend, or scale, you know, the entire evergreen launch funnel. So this time we're being way more conservative and slow to it, which I like. Right. <laughs> I know a lot of people that will kind of go balls to the wall on this and they're okay with it. They see it from a business approach. They're not scared of it. And then there's some people that are so timid that they're actually hurting themselves by holding back on this approach. And I think there's a balance. So because it's hard to see the whole picture, because, for instance, SA being 41%, not all of that was new income, right? Like a large percentage of that revenue was payment plans from previous months. So we might have had, you know, and I honestly don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but just for an example, say... 30% of that was from previous months. The 10% we're bringing in, we may be overpaying in a fairly large way, but because we have enough of our compounding payments that it appears as if the whole thing is making money, which it's not, it's not that that's a lie, but like, it depends on if you're like looking with a microscope at X, Y, Z, if I do this, this comes out and am I losing money or am I looking at the whole business for the whole month and looking at it as like a holistic perspective? It's hard because I mean, ideally, obviously you want every dollar in or out the door to come back to you in bigger ways. I don't know. I don't have the answer to this. I think the takeaway for you guys at least is if you're in the conversation in your own business about you know, creating a digital product and you're wondering, do I have payment plans or not? There is no wrong answer. I think that there are just holes or blind spots that I wish we would have been aware of before deciding to go all in one way or the other, because there are holes either way. You are either getting a bunch off the front end and then you're having to continuously launch and hope that those numbers maintain, which is exhausting in and of itself. Or you are willing or okay to lose money for a certain amount of time until enough build up to where you can actually see, okay, am I actually making money on this or not? Yeah. So it's obviously something that has to be monitored. I mean, there's a lot of spreadsheets. There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of phone calls. There's a lot of analytics that goes into tracking all of that to make sure we keep our business healthy. So don't be scared, but just know. It's a balance to get to where we're at. Let's talk about costs. Honestly, it's not that surprising. We don't change a lot from month to month. If we can give you any sort of takeaway, don't change a lot from month to month. I would rather though what we had last month be our high and have it go lower than that. So last month we had 34% in... I'll just say contractors. Advertising is a whole other ballgame. Contractors. Last month was 37%. Oh, I guess 
So for September is when we had the expenses for video editing. So basically, we had a lot of things that were fairly steady. And then one significantly thing dropped down, which was anticipated. So she mentioned contractors. So last month, 37% of our income was spent on contractors last month. This month, only 13% of our income was spent on contractors. And that is excellent. I imagine that will bump up a little bit. We mentioned before that our sweet spot would be right around 20 to 30. 25, yeah, I think is where. And so I imagine we'll probably, when this starts to become more steady it'll be 20% or less as like an average where if we do have, I wouldn't call them random, but like these special projects or whatever, where it will occasionally bump up, but to have it at 13% is really good. We've done a lot of moving around with personnel and team members and like having some people on our team do more and some people do a little less. And I mean, it's all in the sake of trying to get our business to move in the right direction and like get people in the right role so that everyone's like playing to their strong suit. Now, advertising is obviously variable, but our goal for sure is to have advertising sit right around 30% of our total income. Now, I've mentioned it before, but when you go into a launch, while you can adjust slightly, you can't always anticipate how something is going to convert. And so you have to kind of make some choices up front, especially when you're doing something like the summit, where the majority of our costs for advertising is on the lead side. And a very minimal amount is on converting them into a VIP pass. And if that VIP pass conversion rate dips even minimally, it can affect and look like our advertising spend was a lot more when it was really that our conversion rate dipped. And it's something we've been monitoring. Like this is our fourth summit. We've seen it be convert like crazy bananas and we've seen it do better than market, but still not as well as we would like it to do. And so kind of trying to figure out what the balance is. So I'm really happy with advertising only being 34%. Now our cost of goods sold were a little high when you like added up total, it was right around 40%. I, I would like to see it closer to 35%, but like obviously if you spend 34% on advertising, you can't make it less. Our merchant and PayPal fees will always be between 3 and 4%. There's nothing we can do about it. And I've mentioned before, but when you have a lower cost product and you do high volume, you pay a percent plus a standard fee. And so when you're doing a lot more transactions, 50 cents really adds up. That's just the cost of doing business. So we mentioned before that we include advertising as the cost of doing business. And so 40% of our income was spent on just cost of goods sold. So that meant that we had... 60% to spread around. And after we paid our contractors and after we paid ourselves, that meant that we had a healthy margin left over of 28%. It makes me so happy. 
up 10% from last two months. No, up from 10%. Yeah, so it went from 10% to 28%. So that is really awesome. Now, our whole goal with us sharing this is for us to get it to a point where we're at 30% predictably. And I wish I could tell you, you know what? We're there and like it's going to happen. And I almost undoubtedly believe that it will drop down significantly again because we don't have any more live promotions throughout the end of the year. We have stuff planned for November, but like for the most part, we're in the downhill slope. And so we're going to see what does it look like when we're relying on the majority for advertising versus us doing a lot of public promotion. And we'll see how that flexes and what ends up happening. I would love to see that stay steady and grow. I just don't think we're there yet. No, no. And I think what I would love to see is, I don't know if we'll drop all the way down to 10% next month. I I don't think so. But what we have to kind of measure on is that our average of being 10%. Like, okay, how can we get from 10 to a steady, you know, 13, 15, and then going up from there? It's not seeing this 28% as like, okay, we're here now. So like, it's fine. We're increasing from 10, not 28. (laughs) Yeah, because 10 was more of our average over time for a while there. So it's all variable. This business, even though we are not a quote unquote, seasonal business, our business still fits into the lives of other people seasonally. You know, when people are super busy, they spend less on education. And when they're home and it's cold outside and they're like ready to learn and snuggle up with a blanket, our sales go up. So it'll be interesting to see. We always tend to earn the most in quarter four. So October is the first month of quarter four. So... So far, it's true. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions whatsoever about this report or questions about how to calculate or look at or pick apart your own data and your own numbers, we would love to continue this conversation over on Instagram. Be sure to hit us up over at Boss Project. Send us a DM. Abby and I still manage those ourselves. So we'll see your message and would love to chat with you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.